Welcome to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast, episode 84. Welcome to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast with your host, Jack Mountain Bushcraft School founder and master main guide, Tim Smith. I'm your host, Tim Smith. I'm a registered master main guide and have been a full-time outdoor instructor and guide since founding the Jack Mountain Bushcraft School in 1999. We help people become more skilled, more knowledgeable, more experienced, and more confident in the natural world through our bushcraft and guide training semester programs and multi-week canoe and snowshoe expeditions. You can check out the show notes to all of our podcasts at blog.jackmtn.com. If you're interested in learning more about our college-accredited and GI Bill-approved programs, visit the Jack Mountain Bushcraft School on the web at jackmtn.com. And check out our online network and digital learning academy at bushcraftschool.com. Hello and welcome back to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Smith, and today I am seated next to my good friend, Seth Walton. How are we today, Seth? Good, Tim. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. Seth is the outdoor leadership instructor at the Mid Coast School of Technology. Is and is that in Rockland, in Maine? In Rockland, Maine, in yeah. In Rockland, Maine, right on the mid coast. Yes, beautiful mid coast. Right on the ocean. Right on the ocean. So what do you tell us a little bit about what you do there? And well, tell us about the program that you run and then a little bit about what you do there. Okay. So the program that I run is a two year professional technical certificate granting outdoor leadership program to train uh, leaders uh, and uh, specifically using the outdoors uh, and that skill set to do it. Uh, Most of the students are going to be going into some sort of outdoor field, but not all of them. Uh, It's more, you know, the leadership is kind of the most important part of the the program. We we just use those skills to to get there. and uh, it's, a, it's an amazing program. They get nine and a half college credits through a, a dual enrollment uh, program with Washington County Community College in their um, conservation law enforcement program or their adventure rec program. Nice. And who is the, like, the target age group? Are these high school kids? Are they? I, yeah, high school kids. Uh, they have to be juniors when they enter. It's a two-year program, so they have to kind of commit to the whole two years. Nice. Yeah. Great. So they are... Um... This is just a local, like, public school program? Yeah, so we're a, a, a regional uh, technical school, so we have sending high schools in our region. So there's three high schools, Ocean, Oceanside, which is in Rockland, uh, Monomic Valley, which is uh, covers kind of Washington to Friendship, and then the Camden Hills Regional High School, which is the you know, Camden, Rockport, uh, Lincolnville, Hope region. Cool. So and and the islands and the islands yeah. like Islesboro, Islesboro, uh, North Haven, Vinyl Haven. Technically, Matinicus and um, the kids wake up like get there from Matinicus and like catch the ferry to get the school bus. They must have to leave like three days before the class right. Starts. So the unfortunate part about Matinicus uh, and Mohegan, they're technically like kind of part of that region, but they're like way too far. There's no practical way to get them there. So the but the Vinyl Haven and North Haven and Islesboro kids jump on the ferry and they come out and they come over. I mean, those kids are really dedicated. Nice. Yeah. I can't imagine, like, I remember being a kid, and it was such a pain in the neck for me to, like, to get my sorry carcass out of bed to, like, catch the bus. I can't imagine, like, getting up three hours earlier to get on a ferry. Right. To get to the dock to catch the bus. In a, in a you know, rough weather in <laughs> yeah. the middle of winter, you know. It's February. Yeah. It's, like, striving <laughs> sleep. Like, I can't imagine that. Like, the dedication. Yeah. That's great, though. They're rugged kids. Yeah. That's great. 
And this is, how many years have you been doing this? So this is the first year of the program. That's yep. awesome. And yep. I, I knew that for those of you out in the podcast land listening audience, it, that was a, uh, that was what we call a setup question or a softball <laughs> where I lob them in and, and you just uh, knock them, hit home runs with them. Um, so yeah, first year doing this. And what did you do before? So before I, I've done uh, a whole lot of different things in my life, um, but re- directly before this, I was a, a teacher um, for the last four years doing a, a kind of career preparation course and also uh, working as a main guide. Nice. Um, so yeah, educator and what, what, uh, what guide license do you hold? What type of guiding do you do? Oh, so I do uh, sea kayak mostly and also recreational. Nice. Um, and this is, this will be year six. Um, and before I've got a lot of other outdoor, um, stuff. I was a dive master and did that for a while. River raft guide, um, back in, uh, back 20 some years ago. Uh, but, um, so they can't see how old we are. No, right. <laughs> I'm very young. Uh, and I, and I have all of my hair, and none of it's gray. <laughs> yeah. I get carded every time I get in the beer line at the store, right? <laughs> they, they carded me for cigarettes. Oh, that's great. Um, so, first year running this big outdoor program. Um, how, number one, how is it going? It's going It's going excellent. Uh, my The students that I have are, are really amazing, and they have uh, formed into just like the most incredible... Uh, team and they work together so well and uh, I'm I'm so lucky just like right off the bat I I, I got an amazing uh, group and uh, I'll, I'll take a little credit for that but most of it's kind of on them and the work that they've put into the program that's fantastic so I'm guessing a lot of thought and planning went into this before you started and now uh, you know early February year one so halfway through the year what are the I'm guessing there were a lot of sort of anticipatory ideas, you how you thought it would be. What are the biggest surprises that you're facing that, hey, I didn't think that I would be doing that? And, and you know, what are some of the challenges that you're facing? So I, I think, you know, this was kind of three plus years, three, four years in, in the planning. And so I had time to think of a lot of the things that were going to come up, but of course, it, but it's every day something is like, okay, well, I guess we have to figure out how to, you know, overcome that obstacle. And I'm working with, um, you know, in a school where there's 18 different professional programs. So like, no one really knows what's going on in any of those programs, except for the instructor. And then the, you know, the administration kind of has an idea, but it's like, you know, you can't be an expert in 18 different fields and be able to kind of help someone anticipate all of the things that are going to come up with that. So, you know, I've been working really closely with that, um, you know, the administrative team and just to kind of um, figure out what the, you know, what processes need more time and, and uh, kind of how to address those things. Like the, the logistics uh, are uh, really difficult Um because it's hot, you know, when you're when you're in an institution, you know, you can't just be like, well, I'll, you wake up and say like, okay, well, I guess we're going to go do this today because the weather is you yeah. know, perfect for that. So, we, you know, you have to plan everything out and have like all these contingency plans. Like every day I'm running a field trip, basically. And so it's like all that additional paperwork. I got to like get the bus ready and then, you know, working with uh, my my partners, uh, Main Sport Outfitters in Rockport, um, has been a great partner. And so, you know, working logistics with them about gear and uh, field support and then community parker partners. We work with the Georges River Valley Land Trust uh, a lot. And, 
a lot of other organizations in the area. So it's just, you know, communicating with them and making sure, you know, they, they've got all their, um, uh, you know, crosses crossed and dots dotted and, you know, like insurance forms and riders. And I mean, it's just all that. And every day it's some new issue that comes up and they're like, well, we love that you're doing that. But uh, what was like when we went to do the bushcraft stuff, when Christopher came up, uh, we had to get a special insurance writer for that day. Cause they're like, well, you know, axes, and, uh, you know, you're like, okay, that makes sense. You know, you, you want to um, do what you can for risk management. Um, and if your administration knew anything about Christopher's background, uh, there's no way that would have gone through. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not true because I'm sure they're going to listen to this. Um, <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke. Uh, yeah, no, he's, you know, Christopher's checked out guy. And, um, and this is Christopher Russell, who's been on the podcast at least a hundred times. Yeah, he's been on the pod. This is episode eighty-four. He's been on it at least a hundred times, and I got my undergraduate degree in math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can definitely um, commiserate—is that the word? But uh, just about how in this industry, in this sort of business, when you're teaching and guiding, like you, you go into it thinking you're going to be doing X, and it. As a result of wanting to do X, you have to learn how to do Y and Z. And you find yourself doing Y and Z often more than you do X. So from the outside, you, I always like to say from the outside, people think that my life is like waking up at dawn and casting a dry fly to a rising trout and taking a leisurely paddle and, you know, reading Thoreau by a babbling brook and all that. And it's just, that's really not the, that's not the day to day. No, it's just kind of like logistical grind where you're like, okay, here's all of the million things I have to do in order to like take some people out for, you know, an hour or three hours. And it's, you know, five hours of, of background, uh, you know, paperwork and phone calls and meetings to, in order to get that done. Yeah. It's the sort of unseen side of the outdoor industry, right? Um, and definitely, it's a you know, it's a challenge. It, it's not, it's not easy. It's tedious. It is whatever. Um, I always like to say that, uh, yeah, it's it's great work, but it's still work. You it's know? that part is definitely still work. I mean, it's it's worth it most of the time, uh, and and especially when you just you know you, your students um, are are hitting a home run. Uh, you're like, okay, that was. Okay, we're fine now. You know, we we all that effort that went into that is worth it, and uh, they they yeah they make me really proud. So yeah, that's fantastic. I just have to come you know come back to that, and then you know when I'm sitting in the middle of a meeting, uh, like okay, this will be worth it for them. Yep. You know. it, uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess you know the saying that we like to use is that's the job, right? If, right. Like, you no one's going to pay you a living wage to go fly fish and on your own. There's probably like five guys that make a living at it on YouTube or whatever, and then 5,000 trying to make a living at it on YouTube. And, uh, you know, the handful of people that get their own TV show and they drive a dump truck load $100 bills up to their house every month to keep them doing it. And and then there's a whole bunch of other people who have TV shows that, you know, can't make a living doing that, so have to have other work as well. So it's a... For those few people out there that are able to make a living outdoors, like it's... Yeah. It, it's not easy work, but no. but it's good work. Yeah. And the rewards, as you say, the rewards when you're there, when your students have that aha moment and like a light switch flips on and they see the world in a different way, like that's a pretty awesome thing to be around. Yeah. It's like, it's really, you know, it's, you, you kind of complain about that other stuff, but it's, but it's, uh, you know, it's an honor uh, to be able to, um, you know, kind of lead these kids into 
you know, what's next and give them the skills that they need to succeed and, you know, boost their confidence and their leadership skills and their ability to work as a team is, you know, like that's something they're going to take with them forever. And the sooner they get that, you know, the more life they can have with, you know, using those kind of skills, a better outcome. Definitely for them. The outdoor skills that people learn are life skills. You know, I get asked occasionally, like, you know, who cares if you can make a bow drill fire? Well, probably nobody. <laughs> but, you know, the confidence that comes with that is life-changing, literally. When you are not paralyzed by fear, when you have uh, not uh, not false bravado, but when you have real deep confidence, you, you literally live in a different world than most people. Yeah. But I like to think, uh, I used to have this joke, ongoing joke I would tell that I wanted to move to Hollywood and become a super successful actor. And then when people told asked me, you know, what I did, I was like, well, I got this side gig as an actor until my waitering job really takes off. So uh, in the outdoor industry, I like to think, uh, yeah, I've got this, uh, I got this guide job, this outdoor leader job until my logistics thing really takes off here. So, right. <laughs> Yeah, I, I joke about that all, all, the, all the time with the kids. They're like, what kind of degrees do you have? And I was like, well, they're totally worthless for this. Like, I should have got a logistics degree. Yeah, I don't even, is there, is there a logistics? Probably. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, Maine Maritime's got a, like, a maritime logistics and management. And I was like, oh. Oh, God, that, that would be, that would, I bet you'd be really checked out with that. Yeah. I occasionally work with these guys who are retired military and you talk to the logistics guys and you know they're just they're so on point with everything and everything's well thought out and you I quickly come to the realization that there's a reason why you know organizations that have to move huge amounts of people in gear all over the place have teams of people that are professional at doing this yeah um, because it makes such a difference right Napoleon is uh, uh quoted as uh you know an ar army marches on its stomach right you know so it's like you gotta like figure out it's the food it's the transportation it's the how are we getting all that gear from here to there how are we getting that gear in the first place and then who's training everyone to do it you know and it's we're, we're kind of taking that when we're when when, you, when we're in that educational um role in the outdoors and running kind of our or, own organizations like we we have a lot in common even though uh, you know, you're kind of in the private sector and I'm in the public sector, but it's like we're doing all of that work. So we've got, um, you know, we have to plan out all the food, show people how to cook, you know, find the stoves in the first place, all of that stuff. Um, so it's just kind of like that, all the aspects of, um, you know, running an organization and, and a team. Yeah. Wait, Napoleon Dynamite said that? Yeah. That like, yeah. After he. Uh, was that after the dance scene? I don't know. It was between that and when his lips were chapped real bad yeah. and he needed his chapstick. Uh, the, my one takeaway from that whole movie was just vote for Pedro. <laughs> Pedro's a pretty awesome guy. I think he's got the, he's got what it takes, um, you know, to, just to be an even handed leader. Um, or... I think we're recording this right before the Iowa caucuses in uh, 2020. Yeah. So if you're in Iowa, just remember vote for Pedro. Pedro's pretty, he's, he's, yeah. he stops. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's cool. It sounds like that's <laughs> awesome work, super rewarding. So if you're a teenager and really want to get into the outdoor industry, move to Midcoast, Maine. Move to Midcoast, Maine. Enroll yeah. in the Outdoor Leadership Instructor Program at the Midcoast School of Technology and live long and prosper. Yeah. So the goal, like some of what are some of the certs or certifications that the students are going to get? And I'm guessing you're sort of pushing them down the path of, you know, becoming a licensed or a registered main guide. 
Um, and what are some of the other things that they're going to leave the program with? Okay, so the so for each one of these technical um, programs that's created at a, a public CTE school, which a, CTE CTE is a career and technical education. So uh, each program has to have kind of a third party, you know, state or nationally recognized uh, assessment. And so um, the out, there's four outdoor leadership programs in Maine, and we've chosen the the registered Maine guide exam as our third party final assessment for the end of our programs. So that doesn't mean that that's necessarily what those kids have to do, but that's a, a you know, an industry recognized and, and in the case of a registered main guide, you know, worldwide recognized certification that says something about, you know, that what that student can uh, do, or at least hopefully. Um, so that's kind of the, the, the end goal, but in between, you know, when they show up and, and then we also work on a whole lot of other skills. So they're going to get uh, certifications in uh, wilderness first aid, advanced wilderness first aid, and uh, leave no trace um, trainer certificates. They're going to, uh, we're, we're going to try to do lifeguard next year. Um, they're going to get um, a, uh, a local kind of like ecological volunteer. It's, it's sort of like a master naturalist, but like a little kind of mini version where they, they learn basic ecology and then they go do uh, some sort of field um, kind of volunteer project mm -hmm. and they'll get kind of a certification uh, around that. And uh, we're going to add a oh, basic search and rescue. I'm working right now to um, help form a, a high angle um, mountain rescue team in our area. And so the, the students will get their basic certification uh, through that and then get a, get a chance to be an active part of a, a search and rescue team, which is you know pretty, pretty amazing for a 17, 18 year old kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those, so those are kind of some of the certifications. And, and so since we're right on the ocean, uh, we're also able to do a bunch of, uh, kind of ocean based stuff. So they're going to be able to kind of pick which guide test they want to sit for. So they could sit for either the rec or the, uh, the sea kayak. And a lot of these kids are coming to this program with some pretty decent skills. So I've got some, uh, some kids who are, are really amazing, uh, uh, fishermen and, um, some kids who've been, you know, hunting their whole lives. So they can probably, they could probably also sit for, uh, you know, the fishing and the hunting, mm -hmm. uh, exam as well. Yeah. It just sounds awesome. It just makes me want to go back in time and, uh, take the, take your program. Like, yeah, me too. All right. And you know, and that's what like everybody was, you know, so we have these tours and open houses and people come in and they're, and they're like, is, are you offering this for adults? And I was like, well, if I had a, you know, if I had a twin, did you ever see that movie Multiplicity with uh, Michael Keaton where he, no. where he continually gets cloned? No. Um, because he's like so exhausted. So he, so he's like working really hard. Then he gets cloned and like he sends his first clone to, to work and he like goes plays in golf goes to play his golf and then his second clone clones himself because uh he needs like home uh help around the house uh, but they get like kind of progressively um uh stupider <laughs> and and so like by the time they get to like clone four or five they just are like you know kind of like hanging out and drooling but anyway i need a i need a clone uh so and then that clone could uh teach the adult class yeah, no, uh, I'm not involved in the cloning industry, but I feel like as each day that goes by, I get a little bit stupider. So right. I feel like I have that in common with this movie. Maybe you're not the original Tim. <laughs> Maybe I'm not. <laughs> He's out somewhere playing golf. Yeah, exactly. Although I read as a young, as a, when I was a kid, my friends and I spent a lot of time fishing. And I remember it was some old like Field and Stream magazine, I think. 
one of the old, one of their old school like big writers was like a fisherman never golfs or something. And yeah. I've sort of taken that to to heart. I used to play about uh, one round of golf every ten years, usually at a wedding, and you know shena- ensue shenanigans in three, two, one, mm-hmm. know, that sort of a thing. But uh, haven't done it in a while. I'm sort of at the age where all of all of my contemporaries are either married off or are never going to get married off. So, I, you know, I don't get the once a decade uh, shenanigan wedding sort of experience anymore. And it's probably a good thing. It'll probably add years to my life. Right. Yeah. I recommend uh, putt-putt, actually. Uh, I, do, I actually many, do many play golf. that. I yeah, play yeah. that. Um, that's, um, that's something I think every every uh, American can, uh, should be able to get behind. And know? especially as a parent, you know, it's a yeah. great, it's a great, you know, you're out with your kids and you can be like, yeah, let's go, go to that for half an hour. And yeah, great. Um, so definitely love that. Well, it sounds like you're doing great work. And again, I wish I could go back in time and participate in this. And this is, this is not a full-time program for these kids. I mean, it's full-time, but they're not... They're also taking other classes. Is that correct? Yeah. So they, the way that our schedule works is they, I have them all day uh, on one day. So I've, I've got about five and a half hours with them, give or take. And one day a week? Uh, no, one. So like uh, it's an alternating schedule. So I have them like on Monday and then on Tuesday, that set of kids would be at their original sending high school. Um, taking you know their English and math and okay. science and, so, and whatever. So just so I'm clear, I'm a junior in high school. I'm yeah. in your program on Monday. I don't go to my high school. You come and hang out with me, and we we do outdoor leadership. And then Tuesday, I go back to my regular high school. Yep. And then I get you back on Wednesday. Then you go to your high school on Thursday, and then I see you on Friday. And then the the next week switches, so you're then with me Tuesday and Thursday. Got it. Right. Uh, and I have since so it's the first year, I'm running two first year sections. So I have like you know, class one, class two, and they always compete against each other to uh, see who's best. Yeah. Um, and, and they, they, it's very funny cause they've like created games that they play with each other. And now they're on like this whole, like they're on social media and they, they have like a group chat. And I think, I don't know, I don't know what happens on there, but I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it's on the level. Yeah. Um, I think you're better off not knowing. I, yeah. A hundred percent. I'm like, like, I don't legally I don't, professionally. You're yeah. better off never seeing that open. Chat. But I'm very, but I'm <laughs> super excited that they're communicating with each other because it's, you know, you get these students from, you know, these there's some rivalries between the schools, you yeah, know, it could be like and, our sports team and your sports team. And, and that's exactly it. And, and a lot of my students are athletes. And so they'll, you know, they play football against each other. They, you know, wrestle against each other. Um, but they totally come together as a team, you know, when they're with me. And it's, and I think it's a really great uh, kind of thing for our region to kind of have that, um, you know, neutral ground where they can really build that, you know, build peace and relationships, you know, and, uh, you know, kind of, create a healthier environment that's not this, um, you know, uh, just, you know, kind of tense, uh, yeah. competition that's, that's you great. know, can get aggressive and, 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 uh, you know, bad. Uh, I love it. I think it's awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. That, well, it all sounds, it all sounds great. Uh, and just moving on, I just want yesterday when we were talking, you know, we were talking about the, the dangers of, uh, sea kayak and the dangers of being on the super cold water yeah. in, on the coast of Maine. And, you know, I told you that I, I, I'm scared of it. Like it's a super healthy respect that how quickly things can go wrong. Um, so from the perspective of looking at survival, from the perspective of looking at, um, risk management, uh, 
I'm just curious to hear your thoughts as a sea kayaking guide about, you know, what's the role of, of respecting that, that cold water, even on the hottest day of the summer? Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's amazing because I'll see people out all the time just making, you know, and they're just out, you know, casually, you know, kayaking around on a, you know, on a, on a lake kayak and, you know, oh, nothing can go wrong. And, you know, it, and it's, uh, you know, there's no life jacket they, they've got, you know, they're just like in their, you know, bathing suit. Um, and it's, you know, it's okay sometimes. I mean, not, of course, you always have to paddle with your life jacket. But, um, you know, I, there's not, those people don't have a respect for like how bad and how quick that bad can can kind of happen. Look, if you're kayaking on the coast of Maine, like you're pretty close to death all, all the, the time. time. Pretty much all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like if the, if the, you know, if you're not going to get hit by a, a, a lobster boat or, you know, a rogue wave or, uh, you know, some other thing, you're, you know, you, you roll over, fall out of your boat, you can't get back in. You know, the water's just wicked cold. The currents are pretty strong. Um, and, you know, that, that fog can come in at just any time. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, if anyone has ever paddled in fog, it's not bad if you start in fog and you kind of know where you are and you can dead reckon through that. But if you've, if you go into fog, it's incredibly disorienting. When you and, consider the currents are spinning you. Yeah. And you just like, you know, you lose confidence like instantly. You're like, oh, I thought the world was this and it is not that anymore at all. So you really have to know how to, you know, you know how to navigate, you know how to use your compass, all those things. And if you don't, um, you know, you, that can go wrong really quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, I you know... I've always been a, a pretty um, conservative guide as far as like safety goes, and um, it, you know that's definitely served me well. And I, I you know, I'm, that's something I want to pass on to my students. It's like, look, when you're on your own, if you want to, you know, take whatever risk, that's on you. Um, but like when you're in charge of a group of people, like you're responsible to bring them home. And it, <clears throat> you know, unfortunately, it doesn't always happen. Uh, you know, we had that um, guide off of. Um, uh, MDI, like was it three years ago that, uh, was out with a, you know, a, a couple and, um, he, he died and one of the two of his clients also, you know, they just succumbed to the weather and water temperature and they, they were out with it where they shouldn't have been with, you know, at a skill level that wasn't there. Yeah. Cold water immersion. It's just, it's just relentless. And I don't think it gets the gravity that it deserves from the perspective of like, People think, oh, it won't happen to me, but you go in that cold water, it's minutes yeah. and, and you're incapacitated. Yeah, it doesn't take long to lose. So, you know, we, we do our guide training, you know, sometime in May usually. Um, and, you, you know, if you're out there, you're in the water for a little while and like you, you just start losing, you know, strength <clears> and like you're you're losing that, those, you know, good decision making skills pretty quick. And so then it's just a, a cascade. Yeah. You know, you start doing, you know worse things that just make the situation uh, that much more dangerous and and you're you're gonna um you're gonna be on your way out pretty quick i remember this that lesson driven home to me as a young guy i was uh 25 i think living in the kenai peninsula in alaska and i was went up went fishing in the kenai river it's like glacial blue silt it's super cold water right it never warms up and the guy I was with was like, oh, I don't have any waders. And I was, you know, in my mind, I'm like, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm a little tougher than this guy. So I gave him my waders. They weren't great waders. They were like gold, 
stocking foot neoprene with a bunch of holes in them, but they definitely kept you warmer. So I was just in my bare legs and I walked out. There was a rock about, it was only like six feet from the shore. So I walked out to the rock and I'm standing in like mid-thigh deep water and I fished for probably 15 minutes. And then I was like, all right, I'm starting to get a little chilled. I mean, it's a hot summer day, right? Sunny, 70 degrees, no big deal. So, And I literally could reach over and touch the shore. So it's not like a safety issue. But I'm like, okay, uh, I'm getting chilled. Time to get out. And I go to start heading back to shore. And my brain is sending signals. But my legs are so cold. Like, they're not. My knees aren't bending. You know what I mean? Like, And I think that, you know, I was not in the water for that long. Again, it wasn't a safety issue. But... Just that realization that, yeah, it'll happen to me. And this, the great lesson that I learned was this happened to me when I was sort of, in my own mind, young and, and bulletproof. And, it, you know, it took me two or three minutes to cover that six feet because I could just sort of rotate my hips and waddle to get back. And, uh, you know, since then I've had other cold water immersion, never on the ocean, never where I could, couldn't get out, but, you know, broken through the ice and up to my waist in the smelt fishing in the spring, stuff like that. And I think that people don't have the respect level necessary to be around cold water. And that's why I think that the, the sea kayak and guiding industry of of all the guiding um, that I've done of the licenses that I hold, that's the one where risk management and really attention to detail with regards to safety is huge. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, you know, the thing is, is like, it's hard to find, you know, you're out paddling around, you know, if you're, if you're on land, it's a lot, it's a lot easier to like, find shelter and, yeah. and you know, kind of, uh, you know, put the situation on pause, at least for a second. But when you're on the ocean, it's such a dynamic environment that, you know, you've got, there's so much going on, and it takes you forever to kind of get anywhere most of the time. Uh, you know, it's a lot of a lot of coastlines inaccessible you know more dangerous to get up on than it would be to stay you know on the ocean so yeah there's just so much out there and and um it takes you know years of experience to kind of get to a point where you're competent uh and you know there's always something new to learn from the ocean and um you know you, you it's not like something that you're ever going to master because as soon as you do like that's when it's going to come get you yeah you know hubris right, <laughs> right? The, yeah. the greek gods when they got a little bit cocky were smacked down and i maybe the ocean's like that I, uh maybe the ocean's zeus in some or no it wouldn't who apollo it, it, yeah. Poseidon was Apollo or Poseidon? Uh, Neptune, Poseidon, depending on uh, Neptune, you know, which part of the Mediterranean remember. you like. I can't remember if it was Greek or Roman. Or... I think Neptune is Roman, and Poseidon would be Greek. Okay, that's okay. I think. Yeah, yeah. There's no one here to correct us, so we're going to say that's true. Well, that's 100 percent correct. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, staying on, we're really staying on target. Staying on topic yeah. as usual. So is there a website where people who are listening can kind of follow along with the program at the Midcoast School of Technology? Yeah, I mean, our, our uh, the school's website itself, which I'm embarrassed to say that I don't I'll actually... link it in the show notes. Yeah, okay. And, uh, we need to, we're, you know, one of the things that I haven't been able to, to do yet is kind of our, you know, PR piece and, and uh, you know, get the, get the word out about what awesome stuff my students are doing and, you know, get some photos out there and, and just some more, um, you know, material about what it is that we're, we're kind of doing. 
Um, so that's that's kind of on my list of, of things to do. So you know, ho- hopefully we'll get a year, blog together. And, it's yeah, year one. It's year one, and and it's uh, you know, I sleep most of the time, and you know, <laughs> yeah. We're yeah, we're doing fine. We'll get there. We're gonna get there. Well, we'll link to the Mid Coast School of Technology um, on the show notes. And if you're ever looking for the show notes here and you can't find them, go to blog.jackmtn.com. Click the podcast button. You can find it all there. Um, but thank you very much, Seth, for being on this morning. Uh, great talking with you. I wish you much continued success with your program. And again, if if anybody out there figures out how to make a time machine and send me back in time or, or back to my high school years, I'll probably matriculate and be one of your students. Awesome. I'll, I guarantee if I do, I'll be the worst student you have. <laughs> <laughs> I would have also been the worst student I had, too. Uh, but, but there's hope for everyone. That's the, that's the lesson here. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for listening. Hope you guys have a great day, and we'll hit you back again later. You have been listening to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast. For more information on our professional wilderness guide training programs that are college accredited and GI Bill approved, visit us on the web at jackmtn.com.